What's Up Whittier? Welcome to What's Up Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey guys, producer Christine here with this week's Community Corkboard Announcements. This week's Community Corkboard Announcements is brought to you by The Collab, Inc. The Collab is your place for co-working, community, and collaboration in an environment where you can come create and cultivate. We are located in the heart of Uptown Whittier where we can provide you all the services of an office without the confines of a long-term lease and the high cost of top technology. Fast internet? We got it. A place to sit comfortably and work? It's here too. A professional location for a meeting with a client or an event. Guys, this is the place to come. So pull up a chair. We saved you a seat. For more information about The Collab Inc., check out their website, thecollabinc.com. Check out their Facebook, facebook.com backslash thecollabinc. Or check out their Instagram at the underscore collab underscore inc. The Collab Inc. is located at 6709 Greenleaf Avenue. If you have any questions, me, producer Christine, will probably be over here recording or editing, or you can come inside and speak to Rose from Americana Tax Planning and the Whittier Young Entrepreneurs. Now, on to our community corkboard announcements. Every Friday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have the Whittier Farmer's Market located on the corner of Philadelphia and Bright. And I just want to let you know, I went to the Acai Tribe, which is a new acai place there, and it's pretty good, not gonna lie, delicious. Hey guys, did you know we have a City of Whittier City Council election coming up this year? Well, I hope you do, because that's probably why you're listening to this episode. What's Up Whittier has been doing a series on City Council candidates for this year's upcoming election, which will be held on Tuesday, April 10th, for the purpose of electing City Council members for Districts 2, four, and a citywide elected mayor. Our previous guests have been Henry Bouchot, who is running for District 2, Rolando Cano, who is running for mayor, Raquel McLeod, who is also running for mayor, Lizette Escobedo, who is running for District Number 4, and now Bob Henderson, who is running for District 2. We do have some other city councils coming up, such as Dr. Irela Perez, who is running for District 2, Mayor Joe Vinatieri, who is running for the re-election of mayor, and Al Leon Savage, who is also running for mayor. We are currently in talks with the other city council candidates in order for them to also be on the podcast, so look out for those. Next up, we have the community meeting for the homeless plan. So a survey will be conducted in order to develop a homeless plan. There will be three meetings. This past Saturday, March 17th, the meeting has already passed, but there are two upcoming meetings. Both will be at the Whittier Community Center, located at 7630 Washington Avenue. And the dates are Tuesday, March 20th, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And Thursday, March 22nd, from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Guys, if you really care about this town and the people in it, regardless of where they live or how they live, please come out and bring friends. On Friday, March 30th, from 6.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m., is the 52nd Annual Whittier Mayor's Prayers Breakfast, located at the Doubletree Hilton at 7320 Greenleaf Avenue. And after that, we have the 23rd Annual Art and Antique Street Fair, on Saturday, April 7th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Check it out. It'll be here in Uptown Whittier, so you should get an early start on your Mother's Day gift. And lastly, the Whittier Museum TM Fashion Show has come once again. This time, it'll be Saturday, April 14th from 11.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. 
at the Whittier Museum at 6755 Newland Avenue in Whittier. If you want to benefit and support the Whittier Museum, please visit their website at www.whittiermuseum.org. Alright guys, have something you'd like us to feature in the community court for? Tag us on Instagram, check out our Facebook at What's Up Whittier, or send us an email at whatsupwhittierpod at gmail.com. Again, we'd like to extend a special thank you to the Collab Inc. for sponsoring this week's Community Corkboard episodes. Make sure to check out thecollabinc.com, their Facebook, The Collab Inc., and their Instagram at the underscore collab underscore inc. Also, if you like this podcast and think other Whittier Townies would like it, what are you doing? Recommend it to them, especially if you're interested in the City Council Candidate Series that we are doing this year. If you have a neighbor who is unsure of who they're going to vote for, recommend this to them. Um, I've been definitely shamelessly plugging the podcast on the Nextdoor app, so if you see it, please thank it or comment that you listen to it. That would be really cool that you can do. And also, it will give other neighbors the opportunity to see this as a valuable resource and actually listen to the episodes. Really, my main thing is I'm all for democracy, so I would appreciate it if we had more than 13% of our Whittier population turn out for this year's election. We have a lot of exciting events coming up for the rest of the year, and we'd really love for the whole community to join us for all of these exciting times. So don't forget to subscribe or else you'll miss out. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up, Whittier? What's up, Whittier? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Man, we got to record that thing and just get it going. Because right. there's days that you have a lot of energy and there's days I have a bad left. neck right now. <laughs> I can't look left. So that, yeah. Blame yeah. it on the neck. Uh-oh. Blame it on the neck. Dun, 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 dun. That's a halfway yeah. one. Yeah. Halfway. There you go. On, on an injured neck. Yeah. All right. We'll take it. We'll take it for now. Right. So, Remo, like every week, Remo. Special guest. Special guest. The man and, of the uh, hour today. Man of the hour, and we and again for the next couple of episodes, actually, we'll have a lot of special guests, and uh, and today happens to be Bob Henderson. Welcome, Bob. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. And Bob, just so everybody knows, if if, uh, if they don't live in Whittier, um, <laughs> which what, they should move, to Whittier, come on down. <laughs> they should come on over to Whittier. Right. Um, uh, what district do you represent, Bob? Uh, represent the second district. Okay. Second district, and uh, you're going for re-election. Right? That's correct. Um, so, with that said, I guess tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, who is Bob. Okay. Well, um, I um, I was born and raised here in Whittier, and uh, went to Whittier schools. Um, ended up uh, uh, graduating from the um, University of Southern California in business, and um, joined the family business, uh, which um, was formed by my uh, grandparents in 1921 when they moved out here to California. And they were realtors, and uh, both of them, and um, uh, they did real estate here in town. And uh, my dad joined them in 1934, right in the middle of the um, Recession. Depression. Depression. And, um, and then uh, later added um, insurance uh, to the business in 1940. And um, by the time I um, joined in uh, 1961, um, we had um, developed a, a fair amount of insurance business as well as uh, real estate. And um, I came in and, and uh, immediately headed up the um, insurance uh, division. And over the next few years, we grew that uh, very substantially and um, 
eventually, uh, when, after my dad passed away, we uh, slowly got rid of the um, uh, real estate, and now we just do insurance. And we're still on Bright Avenue, which is uh, where we started, a block further north now, and we're in our fourth generation with my son, Ken, who is my partner now. Wow. <laughs> Taco, has insurance changed a lot over the four years? Oh, absolutely, yeah, you know, and it's always been a every, like everybody wonders every each year, you know, is there really going to be um, insurance in another 20 years or is it going to go completely out of business? Yeah. And all we've seen is it getting bigger and larger and uh, we do more and more commercial now, although we have a big personal lines department, but um, – um, it's a very interesting business. You get to meet a tremendous uh, variety of, of business people, and uh, I really enjoy that. And uh, a lot of it's, um, believe it or not, is very creative in order to buy uh, to uh, put together insurance packages for these large and uh, innovative uh, businesses that have gotten started in the last um, 20, 30 years. So uh, quite uh, dynamic, and I like it a lot. And I was going to say, I mean, you're right. I mean, in terms of insurance, I'm one of those guys who, with this whole autonomous vehicles, right? Yep. That they're, you know, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get rid of the human factor, I guess, or error uh, when you're driving. I was always saying, like, is that one of those things where, like, uh, you know, insurance would go away because of that? Um, but, but, uh, but then you add drones to it, where you have, you know, these flying, you know, vehicles essentially. Uh, then now you got to provide insurance for it. So it's kind of like – Yeah. So you're right. It evolves. It just doesn't go away. Right? And, you know, we have absolutely no idea. We'll just live with it as it comes along. But uh, we've seen a lot of uh, changes, uh, technological changes, of course, uh, that have been just mind-boggling uh, over the last uh, 30, 40 years. And uh, we're still here. So yeah. – Will it uh, always be there? Don't know. Uh, like everybody, every businessman in Whittier is looking at that and saying, man and woman, uh, saying, uh, gee, I don't know. Uh, will I be in business in 10 years or will I be doing something completely different? Uh, a good example is this business right here that we're forming uh, yep. that uh, is uh, putting together for, I think, the next wave of way uh, offices and businesses are put together where – we create spaces that uh, people can come in and lease and uh, and put together, and basically it's an open design so that you can come in, you can have phones, you can have uh, chairs in different places, you can move your people around, they can come in and uh, have um, uh, full-blown business meetings uh, one day, and the next day it could be pretty much uninhabited here. The next, the day after that, uh, you could bring people in and take them to all kinds of restaurants here in town or other places of entertainment and um, and uh, create something that in the um, old days uh, just couldn't have been created like that, uh, you know, right here, right now. So it really gives a purpose, again, to cities. Um, again, cities are great places to come together and have certain services, but all those services are changing all the time. You know, like I say, restaurants and entertainment and um, uh, places for parking and immediate housing, housing right in the businesses and so on. All that is changing and uh, very dynamic right now. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, the uh, for everybody who's listening out there, uh, Bob is just referring to the place we're actually recording at today, which is off-site uh, location. Well, it will be our new on-site location. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We're let you have your office back, Jesse, and we can actually <laughs> – we have an actual permanent uh, location right now, which is right on Greenleaf, 6709 Greenleaf. 
It's the collab. Yep. So it's a collab space, uh, the new collab space here in Uptown Whittier um, that Rose is running with. Uh, so, again, it's awesome, man. Awesome to be able to be here. Um, so, Bob, just going into these questions, you know, uh, trying to get to know a little bit more about, you know, you. And and uh, so did you grow up uh, here in Whittier or is it uh, mm-hmm. you? Um, born here in the old Murphy Memorial Hospital, um, which was the city-owned uh, hospital, um, and um, and uh, grew up, uh, went to Whittier uh, schools, um, Whittier High School, and um, and others, and um, uh, we've had num- a number of Hendersons now that have gone through all those <laughs> same schools. So I guess we're kind of attached to the city and um, and uh, very very uh, fond of it. Awesome, awesome. So tell us, why uh, why are you running for city council? I know you're currently in the seat. That's right. I mean, I, I got started, um, uh, really got started a, a long time ago, um, basically when I was still pretty new in business and, and so on. But I um, had wanted to uh, do something for the city. It's kind of a family tradition to give back at least some of our time to the community. And... Um, so I was first of all I was asked to join the uh, Park and Recreation Commission and um, and uh, did that uh, for a couple of years and and uh, found that I really liked um, working in city government and um, so I ran in 1976 way back in 76 uh, for um, for council the first time a friend of mine was already on the council and we had some plans we were both business people financial people. Uh, really wanted to see the um, city brought up to date on um, how they handled their finances, how they uh, handled uh, uh, future planning, which we didn't think they did a very good job of. It sort of happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like a lot of Southern California cities, you know, the city just kind of grew. And um, so we wanted to do some things like that, and um, we both got into it. Um, Both had exactly the same idea, two terms out. And we did. Uh, we served two terms. We got out, did a lot of interesting projects that we liked, uh, some youth programs and things like that that we felt very strongly about, and um, and were successful with them. But uh, figured that was enough, and we wanted to go back and grow our businesses because both of us had kids that we hoped would come into our business. And, um, and then um, uh, in... I figured I'd never go back. Never went to another council meeting except one time when I um, went to eulogize a friend uh, who was on the uh, Santa Fe Springs uh, City Council who passed away young, and I eulogized him. But other than that, never went to a council meeting. Um, but in 1987, we had uh, uh, an earthquake. Um, October 1st, 1987, and um, that earthquake um, uh, not only knocked a lot of our house down, but knocked down some 200 houses throughout Whittier, and knocked down about 40% of this uptown area that we're looking out here on the street right now. Um, I got a call from uh, the city manager on behalf of the city council, and they were looking for someone to head up a uh, a committee to um, uh, bring together all of the various um, uh, businesses and nonprofits and churches and so on in in the uptown area to talk about what did we want to see for the city after we rebuilt, 
And so we spent about a year doing that. I had a, a committee of about 12 uh, people, and uh, we had many, 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 many meetings. And we finally inter- rendered a report to the city council. And uh, when we were through with that, uh, the one thing I took away from me is that, boy, people are really mad at the city council. <laughs> they did not like what the city council was doing. And part of that wasn't the council's fault. There were a lot of changes uh, at that time. Uh, For example, one thing was uh, that uh, gas stations were basically uh, closing down, and uh, they were taking the uh, corner lots and putting little strip malls on them all over town. And not only was that um, adding to traffic in neighborhoods, but it also um, was taking away a lot of business from your uptown areas. So that wasn't functioning very well. And then the other thing was in those um, 200 um, some uh, houses that were knocked down, uh, they were allowing people to come in and put in five-unit apartment buildings on a 6,000-square-foot lot that overcrowded the neighborhood, uh, changed the uh, complexion of the neighborhood from a uh, single-family residential neighborhood to multifamily, uh, started uh, competing for uh, scarce resources like uh, water and sewer and those types of things, parking, that uh, was affecting people's lives, and they were mad about it and um, didn't want to see that anymore. And so I got talked into uh, running in 1990 and ran and um, was... um, uh, very vocal <laughs> about what I saw was wrong about the overdensity of the uh, town and changing the whole character of it. And also, um, we had had an issue back uh, when I was on before, uh, um, and I won't go into the detail of it, but basically trying to save the Whittier Hills from being developed um, as condos and houses and so on. And um, People felt very strongly about that, and we had to have two elections to uh, show that <laughs> that was exactly how they felt. And uh, we finally passed what was known as the Hillside Ordinance in 1981 um, that said, quit it. Um, you've got to have really, 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 really strong reasons for being able to build in these hills, and if not, you can't do it. And that ended things for a while. But when I was running in 1990, I found out that secretly – uh, Chevron Oil, who was closing down an oil field out here um, and planning to build some 1,400 homes, was circulating those plans to certain chamber members, certain uh, city council members, and other members of the community. And I made that all public and um, said I really thought this was a bad idea. And so did a whole lot of other people, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. And as a result, um, we came out of that with the clear mandate of the two of us that got elected that year um, that uh, people wanted to save the hills and wanted to do something about it. And um, that plus the fact that two years later we turned the entire rest of the council over, uh, brand new members. Um, and so we started working on that. And um, over the next um, uh, couple of years, I... Um, was able to, um, number one, um, put us in a position to um, be very high on the um, uh, 1992 Prop A um, Open Space um, uh, Bond Act for L.A. County to get and got us $17 million to start buying property. And then also um, was able to talk the expanding Plenty Hills Landfill um, 
which is at the corner of the 60 and the 605 freeway, um, and at the time was the largest landfill in the United States. It subsequently closed, but it was expanding for the last 20 years. And I talked the boards of directors, and by boards, there's multiple boards, <laughs> um, talked them all into putting together a mitigation fund that put away uh, the magnificent fee of $1 per ton for every ton of trash that went in the landfill. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but again, this is the largest landfill in the United States. So it was putting away about 3.8 million tons per year. Wow. So with that money, um, we started buying property. And I, because of my background in real estate and finance, um, I negotiated all uh, all of the purchases of every property. And over the next... um, 20 some odd year we've um, now grown to or we have about 4,000 acres uh, under uh, protection Uh, we have a permanent staff um, of um, three rangers uh, a full-time ecologist full-time executive director um, part-time interpreter that um, leads uh, programs and uh, outdoor education for adults and children and um, all of that is financed by an endowment fund that we put together, um, which is now about $32 million. And so no money comes from the city of Whittier. There's no tax money that goes into this process. And um, it's totally self-supporting. And um, I'm very proud of that. And I've been chairman now, let's see, I guess I was just elected in my 25th year as chairman. Um, And it's uh, made up of the city of Whittier, L.A. County, uh, L.A. County, uh, represented by the 4th Supervisorial District, and then um, by um, the L.A. County Sanitation Districts, which is a different governmental operation. So we all work on that and uh, cooperate, and um, we have a very unique uh, situation where we actually have all kinds of, of animals that are on the endangered species list, and we even get um, a very occasional very rarely, but uh, occasionally we get uh, mountain lions that come up from the Cleveland National Forest because it's still all connected. So I also formed two other um, environmental agencies that work um, with the Orange County uh, connections of this to uh, try to buy and protect all the land between uh, us and the Cleveland National Forest, and um, we've been uh, pretty successful so far, and we're still working on that. Anyway... Those have uh, become big projects in my life and big projects for the community. Bob, and when you say the 4,000 square or, or acres, is that hillside still? Or yeah, is that... it's, it's hillside. Uh, the, okay. the hills, it, when you look up at the Whittier Hills, most people look at it and say, oh, hills. But it actually involves uh, big canyon areas in between those in there, and they're quite lush and quite um, full of, uh, of animals and native plants and so on. And one of our big projects is we're um, taking those areas which were all grazed over and uh, converted uh, to uh, mustard and uh, other uh, non-native plants, and we're slowly revegetating all of that area and bringing it back. And as a result, we've grown um, the protected species that we have in that area um, uh, tremendously and uh, have become uh, known as a... um, uh, what they call a, a national hotspot because we have more endangered species here flourishing 
than pretty much any place in the country. It's uh, it's a pretty remarkable uh-huh. situation. That's interesting because you you talk about people just using the hills for hiking and you know mountain biking and you know doing like a little excursion, but you don't really get to get the full story of like. Where it originated from, you know? Yeah. Until now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People just know to pull up, get out of their car, and start yeah. walking. And start yeah, walking, and, yeah, and that's what we want, you know. And, and while it's a nature preserve, meaning that the number one priority is to protect the animals and plant life in here, we do want people to enjoy it and, um, and so on. Um, one of the problems that has come up and is going to be a problem has been the fact that um, – because of the growth of population and because of the shrinking of other natural areas like this, um, we now have some 900,000 visits per year in the preserve. Wow. And so we are really working to balance that and to make sure that it does stay as a wilderness area while still getting as much you know use as we can from passive recreation, hiking, um, uh, horseback riding, uh, mountain biking, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Well, I think that kind of sums up why you or where your experience comes from. (laughs) I mean, a little bit, right? I know. I do actually care about some other issues in the city. I just, uh, you asked me what my big one was. That was it. No, yeah. I mean, I was trying to keep up with you in terms of the years and and dates. And I mean, it sounds like you have almost over 40 years of just experience with council, just being involved in. In the community. I'm and, just finishing and, uh, my 36th year. There you go. 36 yeah. <laughs> years. Jeez. Um, and with that, I mean, you know, obviously we understood what your biggest concern was, you know, then. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's your biggest concern now going into re-election? Well, um, again, multiple because there's many things you worry about. I, I worry an awful lot about um, city finances, and I know that gets a big yawn out of a lot of people, but um, if you don't watch your finances and you end up like places like Riverside, you know, they go bankrupt and and uh, can't provide services for their people and can't uh, provide for growth uh, in their in their cities of services and so on. Um, so I worry an awful lot about that and I won't go into it because like you say, it, just, it does put people to sleep pretty fast. But um, so I worry a lot about that. One of the things that has uh, taken a lot of our attention and so on has been um, the fact that uh, we had here uh, the oldest uh, boys um, prison in the in the whole state system, and it was called Nellis. Nellis um, is a 73-acre um, uh, site, and um, about 15 years ago, the state decided that it wasn't worth maintaining anymore because they had changed the way they handle youth um, offenders and um, had put them into different uh, programs and so on and did not want to keep up a real old facility like, um, like uh, the Nellis property. So they put it on the surplus list. And for the city of Whittier, that was a great opportunity because um, if it's on the state um, ownership list, uh, we collect no property taxes, no um, sales taxes, no nothing off of it. And uh, as a result... Um, we could see it was a great opportunity to develop in in more detail the west side of town, which has always been somewhat um, uh, depressed in comparison to the east part and the central part of of Whittier. So um, 
this project uh, went out to bid, and uh, then there's this long story I won't bore you with, but it, it got bogged down in the fact that the uh, state of California needed to do something about the prison system, uh, got sued in federal court. Um, the governor w- had the obligation to come up with something that would either reduce the prison population or and or um, would um, allow for a um, uh, a change of use in some manner that uh, would um, would be able to um, make it more productive and and so on and to take care of of the prison system so um, he tried to first to pull all the surplus properties that had been on there, including Nellis now, which had gone on surplus and was going to be developed and, and um, sold to auction, uh, and uh, was within was in three days of actually selling, um, and pulled it off, and uh, that started a long round where they reevaluated. Well, what could they do to it? Well, they could put a training facility in there. Well, no, now houses have built up all around it, and so, you know, 1,000-yard rifles um, being tested was not a good thing because uh, (laughs) you might pick off, you know, a few uh, shoppers and things like that. And then um, um, they looked at, um, well, if that couldn't be, what about a prison hospital where it would bring down dangerous um, uh, prisoners whenever they needed uh, health situations, and you were talking about bringing down sexual predators and uh, other people in that category and that didn't go over real big with our our citizens and uh, and so we protested that for a while and then they wanted to put a reentry facility where they would do reentry of uh, prisoners just as they were coming out of prison and they would bring them here and that was unattractive because now you were going to get an awful lot of people dumped in your community that really didn't start here and, and yep. didn't belong here and so on. So all those things had to be fought off and, and so on. And finally, it went back to um, uh, being on the uh, surplus list when they came up with certain other things like early release programs. Yep. I'm not saying these are better. I'm just saying this is what the government did. And so as a result... Um, they um, uh, put it back on, and um, it went to bid, and we had a, drawn up a, a lot of criteria about that development, and finally it was sold to Brookfield Homes, which is the fourth largest um, home builder in the world, and um, they um, planned to put um, a, a big range of uh, different kinds of um, of living uh, places, but probably up to 750 um, uh, units um, eventually, um, some of which would be just single-family dwellings, others which would be uh, more clustered uh, development, some others which would be um, apartment uh, or condo usage, others which would be for senior living, um, would have all kinds of you know facilities, ground floor only, and uh, all set up for the you know plugs high up in the wall where they, people <laughs> didn't have to go over them, and all sorts of uh, special facilities for that, and uh, things like that. And then about two hundred thousand square feet of um, of commercial development, and um, that was going along fine. And but um, the local conservancy, which was concerned about saving some of the historic buildings on the property, because some of those went back uh, to the um, very early 1900, um, uh, 
and everybody agreed that a couple ought to be saved, and the argument got out of control. And unfortunately, um, the two parties just could not negotiate with each other. I mean, every time they'd sit down, it would last about five minutes, and everybody would go out mad. And so um, this festered for a long time, and finally the conservancy sued. And um, so now we had a lawsuit that um, uh, drug on for about three and a half years. And this was a great project. Um, I mean, it's a $300 million project is what it's estimated at. And you can imagine what that kind of money coming into a city like Whittier, jobs and um, additional businesses and um, all sorts of, you know, eating places and all these types of things, as well as additional new housing um, that um, even though nobody likes uh, to put more houses anyplace, uh, it makes a lot of sense, especially because it backs right up to uh, Presbyterian, now PIH um, Health, um, big regional hospital uh, that is the largest um, employer in um, the southeast uh, part of the city. I mean, I'm sorry, but the county. And the county, um, so there's a tremendous demand for um, both high and medium range housing. I mean, you got technicians and so on, all that have good uh, jobs there. But uh, right now, so many of them, you know, go to Fullerton or Brea to find um, a reasonable housing. So it makes some sense to us that, you know, you could tie these two things together. And... Um, and so, anyway, um, about now, about nine months ago, um, I said, enough. <laughs> this is crazy. And fortunately, I know being around a long time and, and uh, having uh, developed contacts with both parties, um, I went to each of them separately and said, look, guys, we've got to get this solved. This is ridiculous for the city. It's, it's terrible for you. It's uh, expensive for the conservancy to run this lawsuit. It's um, a big, huge uh, economic loss for Brookfield. If I can negotiate with the other party, would you sit down and seriously negotiate this? And uh, finally, both of them said yes, and we talked about, I said, you know, unless you're talking about some serious money here, uh, don't uh, don't waste my time because it's not going to get done. But I said I think I can do it for, you know, what is going to be an acceptable th uh, amount for both of you. And um, and with that, we started seven months of almost daily negotiations. And at the end of it, um, I was very pleased because it came out. We settled it. We came up with a compromise that would basically give a fund to the conservancy so that they could use it for additional historical preservation in the city of Whittier. Uh, which they needed, I mean, because they didn't have lots of money that they could, if they really saw something they wanted to save, how did they get it saved? Yeah. And so um, that was important. And Brookfield could see that they were getting rid of the possibility of years of additional litigation and um, being able to hopefully beat the next economic turn <laughs> downturn yep. and so on. So they did. And long story short, um, we... Um, we settled it, and the lawsuits are dismissed. And in early April, we will have a groundbreaking on this uh, huge project, and um, uh, we're very happy about it. The entire council was behind it, and um, 
we think it's uh, going to be a really good thing for the city of Whittier. Yeah, long overdue. I mean, it's it's taken so long to get to where it should be, you know? I yeah, mean, <laughs> it certainly did. I mean, I, I come from, obviously, I'm an architect, and my background is development and looking at how to shape and mold cities. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, there's nothing else you could use that land for other than, you know, making it a big recreational facility, which, you know, which we can't afford to run. Yeah. That's the that's, that's well, other thing. I mean, yeah. A lot of people say, well, why didn't you take all yeah. this nice land and make it, you know, sports fields and so on? I said, well, where are you going to get the money? Yeah. You're just not. And um, so you got to be practical about what will work and, yeah. and so on, as, as you know. I mean, yeah. you can't just <laughs> – these things don't just happen. They don't yeah. just create themselves. You've got to balance. Yeah, they got to sustain themselves. You know, they got to be able to keep continue running even past the – the initial groundbreaking, right? So, Correct. Um, but obviously, I, we I understand where you're coming from in terms of the Nellis project. But is, is there any other issues you see that that you want to run with uh, again if you get reelected? Oh, sure. I mean, like I say, there's always ongoing projects. Um, another big project that I I got involved in. I I love big projects. Um, we had an old abandoned. Um, railroad line that ran through Whittier, United Pacific uh, Railroad, and it had been abandoned, and um, mostly it was about a 30-foot wide um, uh, track Track. that ran through. Some places it widened out to maybe 50 or 60 feet, but mostly it was between buildings and um, was a blighted uh, mess. I mean, it... uh, it wasn't something that you could go in and put, you know, businesses in or houses in. It was just too small, Uh, but... Uh, what we had a vision for was that we could put uh, what's known as a greenway trail, That's right. which is a federal program that allows you to take old railroad lines, convert them into trails, and uh, so on. And we could see that not only was it a wonderful recreation thing, people walking uh, through communities, and, and it, since it goes diagonally through the city, it ties together um, uh different neighborhoods and so on. People get out, they get meet each other, uh, which is really beneficial. You see kids, um, little kids uh, playing. You see moms pushing uh, baby carriages. You see uh, uh, Remo. little groups of girls soon, running. Soon. And, uh, yeah, little groups of people running, um, you know, for exercise and, and this sort of thing, and, and it's uh, really beneficial. So we started doing that. Um, when we started trying to buy it, it was uh, going to cost us uh, $20 million, according to wow. um, uh, UP. And I said, I think we can negotiate a little tighter than that. I've had a little more experience than that. Uh, we bought it for uh, just over $3 million Jeez. eventually. Um, but you got to be patient, and you yeah. got to know what you're doing, and yeah. you got to know what the property is worth to yeah. them. And then we, uh, at the same time, our staff was going out and working for all kinds of grants, uh, transportation grants, alternative transportation, biking, uh, all this sort of thing. And um, with that, we put together all the money for the first uh, 4.7 miles of um, – of right away and uh, development, and um, we end up uh, building it and developing it, and um, uh, right around the year 2000, and we finished the first section, and then we negotiated again for the remaining section. It goes clear to La Habra, which yeah. is about um, 3.6 miles, and um, uh, we've been working on that since that, and we finally put the money together um, to be able to uh, build it and purchase it. Worked out a very long thing um, because um, 
uh, railroads want to push all liability onto somebody else. Of course. All <laughs> liability. So they had an absolutely ridiculous situation where uh, if we put one in this additional extension, um, Whittier would be – if anybody you know had a drunk engineer carrying illegal uh, – uh, product uh, driving way over the speed limit, and it got jumped the tracks and went into a house. It was Whittier's responsibility, and I, as an insurance man, I said, "No, no, no, no. <laughs> we're not playing that game." And so that took us about a year and a half, and the, the great help of um, our prior um, uh, uh, congresswoman uh, Grace Napolitano, who was on the. Um, railroads and uh, transportation uh, uh, committee and is a bulldog and she went to work for us and she just fought him and fought him and fought him and we got what as far as I know today is the only waiver of that particular clause that they put every place. Anyway, we got it and with that we were able to go ahead and so uh, we're in the planning stage right now. Um, We've hired the contractor that will do all the design work and so on. We're in the process of now cleaning up the intersections because it's got – it's along Lambert Boulevard, and it's got a lot of intersections that we have to uh, take care of, and we're doing that. And we have a subcommittee that works with us uh, to help us plan it and make sure of citizens' uh, complaints and stuff. But we hope to have that done in another about four years, but it's going, and it's funded, and it's, um, it's working. So that's a great project for us. And then beyond that, um, I told you I'm really concerned about finances. So when something um, looks like it's a problem coming down, I have an unfortunate uh, problem, according to my wife, uh, that I tend to, um, well, let's go see if we can solve it. (laughs) And so uh, we do have one. And every city in California has this problem, and that is that the state pension systems – are badly underfunded, and that happened for a couple of reasons. One was the governor's action, Gray Davis, back when he decided that we were so we had so much money in our uh, we were making money. This was in the dot com boom yep. uh, that we would never, never, never need to really contribute any more money uh, to the pension system. Wow. So we could afford to give um, police. Um, uh, 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 3% at uh, 50, meaning that um, by the time they reached 50 years old, if they had um, 20 years of service, they would get 3% for every year that they had served. That is huge. Yeah, it is. Huge. And that quintupled our shortfall in funding uh, to make sure that everybody was going to get paid and so on. And then, um, of course, the dot-com boom collapsed. Yep. Fortunately, I talked the city into an idea. I, I shouldn't say me. Myself, the city manager, and the city comptroller sat down and said, this is not going to work. I mean, nobody, the, no, no stock market bubble goes on forever. It's yep. going to collapse. So they're telling us we don't need to send any money to Sacramento to fund the pensions. Well, let's do this. Let's take all that money and let's not send it to them, but let's put it in a separate bank account. We call it the PERS account. Mm-hmm. And with that, by the time the bubble burst, we had $7 million of special funding. And today we have still have about $4.5 million of that. So we've been very frugal about it. 
but in two more years, not not this coming year, but then two more years after that, um, we're going to get hit with an increase of $3.2 million per year, per year, per year of, um, of increase in um, our CalPERS amount. Wow. That's something right now we can't fund. It, no. You just can't fund it uh, with the state budget. So I figure we've got um, a few years uh, to do everything possible to find out a way to make that fundable and uh, figure a way to do it and um, and and prevent bankruptcy. And it and I'm I'm telling you, ninety um, percent of all the cities in California, if, if there isn't a solution, will be facing bankruptcy within six or seven years. So it's a big, big problem, but I feel responsible because I, I think I have some skills in this area, and uh, I've worked out other financial issues, and I'm willing to at least to try. And um, yeah. I think that's about all you can do is get in and try. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's probably the most biggest important thing, finances, when whether you're running a business or you're running a home. You know, it's like yeah. the, it's a, what do they call it, the lifeline of the and you know, it's funny, though, it only gets everybody's attention when, when the finances are inadequate. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> when everything's going along fine, yeah. everybody says, oh, this is fun, you yeah, know, this yeah. is good. Why don't we spend some more money? Yes. Especially in a growing economy, you would think that that problem isn't a problem or isn't even there. Yeah. Well, and we've, got, we've had a tremendous comeback from the, from the great um, uh, recession, recession um, in the sense that we lost six of our eight car dealers, which was a huge amount of our... Um, Sales tax. Uh, sales tax. And um, now all that has uh, reestablished itself um, by having planned uh, before the recession for what happens for future development out there. When those lots went empty, we had plans. We knew how to advertise those properties and so on. And so today we actually have more money coming in than we did before uh, the recession. But... <laughs> It's not going to be adequate for this tidal wave that's coming, and um, so we've got to treat it really seriously. So that's one of the things I'd like to spend some time on. Well, are you able to give us some cliff notes of what that solution might be? Oh, Lord. Well, the, um, the simple one would be the city of Whittier owns oil rights that I happened to buy when I was buying all that wilderness property. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, not because I really understood the value of them, but I, I could understand that maybe in um, 100 years or 150 years, uh, there would be a manager of, of our wilderness properties who would be faced with this problem. The oil company kept the, the mineral rights, and they come out and they said, well, you know, today oil is selling for $500 a barrel, and we think we can go in and, and extract some oil that was left and we uh, we want to take it out. And in those days, you know, everything was above ground. Uh, you know, the old uh, uh, tower um, rigs, yeah. wells, <clears throat> and and uh, and so on, and the old you know um, grasshopper uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, deals. Uh, and I couldn't see how in the world would you allow that to go in the middle of the of the um, uh, wilderness area. And so I um, was able to use it. I won't go into all of it, but anyway. Through some uh, good bargaining, we were able to um, get them to give us. We didn't even pay for it. We already agreed on price. They gave it to us. But they gave us those exhausted things. I said, you're telling me these fields are exhausted? Yeah, yeah, they're all exhausted. I said, great, then just give them to us. And 
why not? You know, you need to do that in public relations, all this sort of stuff. Anyway, they did it. And um, so later when oil suddenly, you know, went up to $85 a, a barrel, uh, we got to examining this thing, and we went back and got people to go back and look at the records. I said, you know, maybe this is really worth something. Maybe there's something there. And well, it turns out the um, Chevron field was nowhere near exhausted. What happened was oil went below $14 a barrel. And that became kind of a push, no, no profit for yeah. oil companies. So what they did is they closed down pretty much all the domestic production in the high-cost states like California, and they packed up and they went to uh, Southeast Asia, they went to the Middle East, where you could produce oil at 2 to $4 a, a barrel. And um, so they were producing 1,000 barrels per day. When, when they closed it down, and um, that oil's still there. Plus, they had never really examined the lower um, amounts. They would go down to about 3,000 feet, which was about the capacity of th those days of the drill rigs, and that was all they did. So we knew there was a lot there, and so uh, we looked at that. Now, that in turn ended up in a lot of lawsuits, yes. a lot of people that went out and spread incredibly stupid rumors about <laughs> what the impact would be on the hills. I mean, I saved those hills. I love those hills. I manage those hills. Uh, they're not going to do anything to hurt the hills. We ended up being able to be able to develop all the, all the drilling for all the, um, it's 1,290 acres in the, in the uh, oil uh, area from one acre all the wells would be in one acre. In addition to that, they would take six acres where they would put tanks and so on where you separate the oil and water and, mm -hmm. and separate it out. And then everything would go out underground um, by pipe, both natural gas and, and oil and so on. And we put in over 200 particular conditions that had to be followed and monitored and made it all be paid for by the oil companies. Um, and the projection at that time, now remember the oil's gone down a lot right now, but um, was that they would generate um, on the lower end, which is about where the oil is now, um, about um, uh, a, for our portion, our royalties, about um, a, a billion, excuse me, a half a billion dollars to as much as one and a half billion dollars. Well, wow. that's serious money, you know, yeah. for a city. And I could solve the uh, pension problem like that. <laughs> but but and a lot of other problems. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, these are lawsuits, and you've got a lot of people that just have this idea. I mean, people, they, they spread these lies that it was going to be all over the hills. Or you're going to have these, you know, you're going to see uh, oil wells all, all, every place. Every, every well is underground. Every well is electric. So there's no noise, basically, and mm. uh, these types of things. But getting out of that now, and the problem was finally L.A. County woke up to it, who had given us the grant money initially to buy um, uh, some of this land, and um, they said, oh, well, we should have a lot more money than you want to give us, which was 20%. Wow. And so we're tied up in lawsuits, <laughs> which oh, have been man. going on for now you know, six, seven years, and uh, we're still waiting it, for it to get to the um, uh uh, to the uh, appellate court, and um, and we'll see. But you know, I don't think you can because of all the because of the the well got poisoned, if you will. The yep. water got poisoned. 
Um, I'm not sure that you could ever um, sell it again. Um, we sold it through two elections, and I can tell you that about 70% of the people in Whittier wanted oil <laughs> developed. But uh, will that stand up? I don't know. And I, I don't think that in us, you know, looking at alternatives, you, you sit back and say, well, you know, we got this oil well thing. I think you got to do something else. And, yeah. and if the other works out for people, and we had developed a very elaborate um, trust system that would put um, most of the money away for a long-term uh, endowment for the city and would allow a, a reasonable amount, like an additional 15 or $20 million per year, but not just hundreds of millions of dollars all of a sudden, you know, in a few yeah. years. Um, and it would be put aside for the long-term benefit of the people in Whittier and for the city itself. But, you know, those were nice dreams. Now let's move <laughs> on, uh, pull up your shorts, and uh, that That's didn't right. work out. Let's move on. So That's we're right. going to move on. So, so what would, with all that said, I mean, what would you uh, do to encourage more business in the area? Because your district, your district encompasses Uptown, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, uh, we have all of. Uh, well, we have almost all of Uptown. Um, yeah. Actually, even Greenleaf goes way down beyond the rest of of uh, District Two. Yeah. So we have all that, and so on. I mean, um, you know, Whittier was a small town, uh, very nice little uh, Midwestern looking town when I when I was a kid growing up here. And just south of that, uh, down here, um, uh, basically below um, Philadelphia, a little a little bit below Philadelphia, Wardman, um, there were car dealers. All of our car dealers were packed up here with the rest of it. Starting in the 60s, the car dealers, uh, the car manufacturers, uh, came to the dealers and said, oh, you guys got to get out on Winter Boulevard. That's where the traffic is. you gotta, you got to do that. And, of course, a lot of them weren't happy with that because they were the ones that had to go spend the millions of dollars to build new plants and all that sort of stuff. But they did it. And so what happened was most of the business then started migrating out to Whittier, um, on Whittier Boulevard. And Uptown went through a very, 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 very severe um, uh, depression, if you will. And, um, and it took a long time to come back. Uh, basically, that was one of the issues we dealt with in – when I came on the council in 76, um, and we rebuilt all of Uptown. I mean, these, uh, you know, cobblestone uh, sidewalks and the planters and the trees and all this stuff, that was all put in uh, in a couple of years uh, in that period of time. Um, and, um, and it slowly came back. And, of course, we ran into the earthquake again. <laughs> so, you know, so we've had some real luck. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, and so we continue to do it. Is it realistic to see this as being a major shopping center in the future? It's not. It's too limited geographically. You don't have the parking. You don't have the spaces for that. But what we have uh, developed is a pretty nice um, specialty situation. Uh, restaurants um, have really boomed in this area in the last uh, four or five years. Uh, we've got some really nice restaurants uptown. Uh, we've become kind of known as a foodie area, even to L.A., and, um, and, and that's been uh, uh, very productive. Um, we've uh, tried to develop uh, small specialty stores, and that's had a mixed use, but in some cases we have some really nice little stores that, yeah. that have sprung up and so on, and I think that is the type of thing we can do. 
Also, over here where we used to have an old Alpha Beta over here on Comstock, a, north, uh, a block north of us and um, uh, just off of uh, uh, Comstock there and at, um, at Hadley, mm -hmm. um, there's a whole block that um, uh, could be developed, and that's our next um, one we're going to go out to bid on, try to develop uh, housing in that area. And the long-term plan up here, we have a specific plan for the uptown area, um, is uh, designed for a mixed-use development, that is, businesses and housing, so that you can have a place that people can walk to dinner, can walk to stores, and so on. And um, there's an awful lot of people now looking for that kind of a situation. They don't have to drive to everything, you know. And so we're very encouraged that we can develop that on. Um, the merchants here, uh, knowing that promise and finally getting over it, and with some uh, promises by the um, city council, such as we'll build a new parking structure that will also guarantee that there will be adequate parking up here um, uh, by a, a, a 548 um uh, car parking uh, garage, which will be down here um, in the middle of the block, basically, uh, off of Comstock. Um, and when they saw that we were willing to put that kind of money in, which is almost $10 million just on that parking structure, and certain other pledges about infrastructure and so on, uh, they agreed to s set up a uh, business improvement district where they tax themselves um, every year, and that money goes to the improvement of Uptown. And that um, generates about $500,000 a year, uh, which is a start. And then we've also pledged that we would uh, move to putting um, parking meters in here because you want to start making people realize there's a value in those parking spaces. They're really not for employees to come park next yeah. year. You know, not in front of their bosses, but yeah. the guy next door and taking it away. It's a really valuable asset, and so we'll do that. And then all the profit of that, again, will be turned over to that same organization. So we're, we're creating an engine uh, for putting money back into the community, uh, doing things that the city really isn't prepared to do. Um, uh, uh, because you know we can't we can't put all the money into uptown when you're looking at uh, large uh, economic sources of uh, revenue out of Whittier Boulevard and so on, and they're saying, yeah. well, wait a minute, we you know we generate uh, ten times what uptown Whittier does. Why are you putting money up there? Well, it's our historic uh, place. It's, it's the center of Whittier, you know, mentally and so on historically, but. You got to keep it balanced. So yep. by giving us them this engine to do it themselves and bring it up, we think this is a good balanced way to do it, and not still, you know, robbing uh, Paul to pay Peter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's that's kind of what what we're doing, and so that's what I hope uh, will be really successful. I'm a business uh, owner right over here on Bright. You know, yep. we own a we own the. Uh, lot that we're in, the uh, office building that we're in, and so on, and I want to see it success, and yep. and I thought it was it, but 78% of the uh, building owners voted to tax themselves to make this happen, so yep. I think that's a great commitment of uh, that they they're really want to move ahead. Yeah, yeah.
Bob, how soon do you see housing coming here on Greenleaf? Is that something that's in the short-term plan? or? Well, um, a couple of things. One, I know we're going to move ahead with the Alpha Beta property uh, first, um, and it's not quite in the center uh, deal, but I think you need to get started. I think the parking has to be finished, which is going to probably take about a year, um, and then I think it'll start percolating. We have a couple of plans floating around for full block developments um, here, and some of that's confidential, and I can't really go into it, but um, they're very serious about you know doing that and to transform a whole block at a time into mixed use um, is really what it's going to take to really kickstart um, that kind of development uptown. And I, th- I think we're near. I mean, especially since now they've seen this in willingness to invest by the people up here who own the properties and so on and move ahead. So I'm, a- I'm encouraged. <clears throat> so last question. Uh, this will be the first question for you since you're being reelected. Um <laughs> And actually, we'll make the same question to all other candidates who are also going through re-election. Is um, what would you say to the voter that says, um, you know, you've you've been there before, you've been council uh, council member. Mm-hmm. Um, why wouldn't you let somebody else step in? Well, you know, um, that's a good question. I mean, when I started, I was thirty-six years old uh, on council. And I'm a little older than that now, as you can tell. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing is, you know, you, you build uh, experience. You build connections. Um, I'm, for example, endorsed by every elected official. Um, uh, I'm talking the uh, congresswoman, the uh, uh, majority leader of the, um, uh, of the assembly, uh, who's our um, assemblyman, um, Every uh, other office stepping down, I didn't go to all the school districts in that, but I did that. And I also am represented by pretty much every major organization in town. I have the the, the chairman or the chairwoman or the uh, the president or whatever of the various uh, groups uh, that really are players here. Well... That means you can get things done when you need to get things done, and there's nobody else. I like like the Nellis uh, negotiation. I mean, the, all of the council members came to me and said, look, Bob, you're the only person in the whole council that can do this because you're the only one that both groups respect and, and will trust. And so there's something in that, and I think you need people who can do that bridge. I uh, sincerely, and I told you I'm really interested in the finances and hopefully tr- to transition this. I cannot possibly see ever doing this again, <laughs> but I feel like I really have a responsibility to finish out some of these uh, projects uh, that I'm on, Greenway Trail, uh, the Uptown transition to uh, mixed use and so on. And I don't want to stop up the, um, you know, uh, possibility of people uh, coming and stuff. But you look at, quite frankly, some of the other people, and uh, we have um, a young man that's, uh, I think, very competent and so on. He's been here three years. Um, You know, it's hard to know the city, and it's hard to know people, and it's hard to have connections in that period. No. Uh, I won't talk about another person we have who, um, apparently, because she's been out of a job for two years um, and can't get hired by anybody because of her last job, that uh, she'd really like to have a job here in Whittier. 
I have to look at the quality of the candidates and then uh, judge it against that. So I'm just saying um, I hope people recognize that, and I hope that people have some value for the fact that you need some people to be around who can remember uh, what it was like, you know, two years ago, let alone uh, yesterday, and um, have – and, and seriously, though – you know, know what's what's happened. Know why some things have worked and why other things haven't worked, and know um, some solutions that aren't immediately obvious. And I hope to bring that. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, since you've been here in Whittier for some time, these might be difficult questions for you. Sure. <laughs> and uh, if we see you around, maybe having a sandwich or maybe some of your favorite eateries, what would they be in, in the area, whether it be uptown or... Oh, my goodness. Well, I've got so many favorites now. <laughs> I mean, uh, we eat a lot over at uh, Vintage Cafe and Flight yep. and uh, Ravello's. Um, yeah. We really like those for nice meals out. Um, but, you know, um, I've, I've been very pleased of some of the other ones that have gone in, like um, uh, the Corner Bakery and, and so on for a quick lunch and um, so on down on Winter Boulevard. And um, and then um, uh, the uh, chicken coop over here, I think, really uh, added something in the last year. I know mm-hmm. lots of people that just flock to that place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, literally Joe. Speaking, right? <laughs> uh, and off the hook, yeah. uh, off the hook is another real favorite, and they're opening yeah. their second um, uh, restaurant up here. Uh, so I mean, we just are so lucky, and we're going to build this beautiful. Um, use for the old Bank of America building down the corner of Philadelphia and Greenleaf um, uh, by one of our uh, outstanding restauranteers um, who has been, has three very successful restaurants in Whittier now. He's going to put a microbrewery and um, a uh, open uh, food court uh, type operation there. I think that's going to be a dynamite um, addition to this city. So we're real excited about what's happened and what what's going to happen in the next um, year. I mean, it's um, it's really nice to see this sort of thing coming together for this for our city. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, one more than question: If you would like to see one thing that would come to the uptown area that you think might be missing, what do you think that might be? Oh boy, and and is reasonable. Huh? Yeah. I mean, Nordstrom's, <laughs> Nordstrom's, uh, my wife would love, but it's not going to happen. Keep explaining. You, know, you need fifteen acres of parking. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. But um, well, I would really love to see a really good bookstore. Um, even the bookstore was right across the street yeah. here that we'd lost uh, because the landlord decided to double the rents, basically. Um, is a huge loss for the city. We're a real um, educated community. We uh, love books, and um, we had six um, books right after the uh, six book stores after the earthquake. And now today, with the change and so on, we lost that. That would really be to me a, a wonderful thing. But there are so many other things too. You know, um, uh, we're very fortunate to have a really first class um, theater uptown, um, and uh, with modern facilities inside, clean, beautiful, um, very reasonable. Um, I think that's a great facility for um, for our people. And um, I'd like to see some more 
youth-oriented um, entertainment facilities, and uh, I can't tell you what those are. Uh, nickel, right nickel? What? Nickel, nickel? Maybe nickel, nickel. Yeah. Oh, sure. That's Remo's favorite place. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to bring best, them in here. Huh? Best deal in town. Are you kidding me? You can go have well, a great time for $3.60. Well, we'll take a good look at them. Uh, thank you. That's what we're talking about in our last yeah. uh, podcast is that, yeah, you, it, you're exactly right. I mean, mm. You know the the bowling alley's gone. You know the skate land's gone. Yeah, and it's uh, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of oh, it's you know, terrible. I mean, we used to. I go, grew up with those. You know, it's yeah. Like, well, I did too. I mean, when we used to, you know, we'd go to the uh, high school football game, and then afterwards, uh, the guys would uh, uh, drop our dates off and go bowl till three or four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and the parents didn't worry about it. They knew right. where the heck we were, and That's it was right. a, it was a great uh, deal. So. Yeah. Um, I yeah I miss those and I miss them for our kids. Yeah yeah, is there, is there something that you remember from you know back in the days that you see man I wish he brought something like that again and just kind of uh, do like a uh, what do you call it like a retro <laughs> retro fit. Well, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I guess again the bookstores. I yeah. really miss the bookstores, but I also. Um, uh, Think of the things that you've mentioned. I mean, uh, the bowling alleys, the uh, skate land. Skate land was a wonderful thing yeah. for young people, as uh, kids and moms and dads. I, I was so saddened when that got poisoned by that uh, property next there. door that yeah. uh, had the underground yeah. leakages and stuff. And I don't know. You know, I, I guess they're very difficult to make work anymore. But yeah. it's, um, it's, it's really sad and. Um, but you know, I think I'm I'm a positive person. I think we'll find new entertainment for these kids, and hopefully, they won't all involve them sitting looking on at a their phone. phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's looking up instead of looking down. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. Well, Bob, appreciate you coming on. Yes. Well, thank it's, you. Uh, I enjoyed it very much. Man, I wish we had more time so we could dig into some of that history that you have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe I we'll, we maybe after the election we'll have something going. There you go. Part two. So, Bob, is there is there a way uh, if if you got uh, people listening who want to know a little bit more about you and your campaign, is there like a website or, or how do they follow you? Well, we decided this year not to put up a website. We are we're doing everything on Facebook, and okay. uh, you can uh, reach me um, as um, well because of our orange signs. Where, where did we do? Yeah, this? we have yeah, one right in front. front. Like, and then because we've used those for a number of years, it's uh, um, we have. Um, Henderson Orange uh, that you can look it up on Facebook okay. or um, under Bob Henderson and so on, and uh, we try to keep uh, current on postings and everything like that to let us know, let you know what we're doing and where we're doing it and yeah, yeah. what we've done. So here, so I just got this. So it's uh, Facebook.com, obviously, and then Henderson Orange. Yeah, that's where they find you. Henderson, yeah. perfect. You're right. Perfect. You're right. So, <laughs> and we'll put that on our show notes so if people out there listening they want to go follow you. They could they could go follow the link. And uh, learn a little bit more about you and the campaign. Thank you. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. And I really uh, rec- um, compliment you guys for putting these things together. Uh, I think it's something that's long been missing uh, in Thank local, you, um, uh, you know, uh, communication because uh, it's, uh, it's just a wonderful way to do it. And I hope you'll continue it uh, for not just the election but, you know, just for other uh, events and things around town. Yeah. It's uh, – it's a great thing. So I well, wish you all the best. Thank you. Yeah. We'll wish you know what's up, huh? There you yeah, go. What's up with you? Yeah. Same here. We yeah. wish you the best. I mean, again, I think you've done a great job. And so now uh, to continue on, right? Thank you. So, uh, we'll see. <laughs> and that's a wrap. What's up, Whittier? 
Thank you. We do. Thank you, you again, Bob. Thank Thanks. you.